listening to an episode of the Let's Netflix and Chill podcast hosted by Reese Chanson. Stephen Fry's uh, novel called uh, Mr. Harrigan's Phone that is taken from the collection of Bleeds, or no, the collection of If It Bleeds, rather, uh, is a movie called Mr. Harrigan's Phone with the same name, basically. The same storyline is just portrayed into a cinematic universe type of way. And it's really well done. Of course, Stephen Fry was executive producer, so it probably makes sense why it was well made. Now, the story or the premise of the book, I've never read the book, so I'm assuming it was done to the same likeness because Stephen Fry himself was executive producer so he was there to see the going ins and outs of the film in terms of production and everything so it follows Craig who is a young man who just recently lost his mother and uh, at a at a church service uh, he reads off the bible and somehow this billionaire man joe john harrigan is impressed by his ability to read for some sort of reason weird reason so he employs the young lad by paying him five dollars uh per reading session to um to read for him so um craig takes on the job and every day every three days in a week he goes to mr harrigan's home and he reads he reads a bunch of great books every day i mean every three days he reads them and and over the years he does this for over five years going every day there to read books he starts as a young man and he finishes off towards his years to going to high school and you know stuff like that so out of all these five years that he's reading these books to this elderly man mr harrigan they be they find a bond a friendship of some sort an understanding they, they he reads the books and sometimes they discuss the books and what he learned basically it's almost as if mr harrigan saw this young man and he took him under his wing under the pretense of reading him a book it's quite interesting and in the end of course mr harrigan does a nice beautiful gesture when he passes that he 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 gives the boy uh, an 800 uh, usd scholarship to, to, to do whatever he wants and the kid wanted to be a writer so basically he influenced him to be a writer because of the books that they're reading every day and he fell in love with literature for reading every day that is quite spectacular how this billionaire man changed this young man's life every day little by little and, and eventually leading him to a path of what he desired to be that is quite interesting that that happened would have this kid uh, would have greg wanted to be a writer if he never missed mr harrigan i do not know but i know for a fact that encounter itself leads him to pursue writing you know whether that writing is for screenplay or become a novelist it's not clear to tell throughout the book but it is what it is anyway um so this kid gets the job so they work together for five years or so reading every day and then uh my boy greg goes to high school now him going to high school means he's going to be introduced to a different cultures different situations different people and he enters uh into the iphone era the cell phone this is early 2008 to early 2004 5 when was the iphone released whatever that year was steve jobs great greatest achievement the iphone is in this film no, it's the old iPhone, the very first iPhone. I don't know what model that is. I'm not an iPhone user or an iPhone fan whatsoever. Not because I cannot afford it, because I just don't like the brand. 
that's it but it initially started off me not being able to afford the brand but it has now grown to the point where i can afford the brand i just don't want the brand now uh i've dubbed myself a samson man for some weird reason anyway so greg and his uh friends enter you know high school and discover that uh there are these little cliques. There are people, there's a table at the cafeteria or the hangout spot where certain people of certain mobile phones, there are people who use Motorola, they sit at a certain table. The Nokia people sit at a certain table. The Samsung people sit at a certain table. And the iPhone, they dub the cool people, they sit at a certain table. Yeah, that's the whole premise of the thing. But somehow, Greg's got a job and his dad gets him a Christmas present which is an iPhone. So he now sits at the cool table where he sort of meets this girl who they never speak a word in the entire film, but they text each other, which is very bizarre. They sit next to each other and they just text each other. Like there's a scene where he asks her to go to the, where she asks him to go to the dance and they're like two feet away from each other. And instead of he saying, okay, we'll go together. He just says, okay. It's the age of the internet, the age of the mobile phone that is desensitized communication in such a way that it's appalling. There's even a scene where Mr. Harrigan, after receiving a phone from Greg, uh, Mr. Harrigan had this thing of giving people lottery tickets of some sort, scratch cards. So he'd give all his employees and Greg these scratch cards. And one, one time Greg wins 300,000 and he ends up buying Mr. Harrigan a phone. And he introduces him to the highway fast line of mobile phones where Mr. Harrigan's like, what do I need a phone for? I got a phone on the wall. And he's like, no, you, you, you can you can check out the stock market. Mr. Harrigan, of course, is like, I got the stock market there. But he's like, these are new numbers. These are live numbers. They change every second. You can watch them. So he's like, wow, this little gizmo thing is pretty good. And he shows him all these newspapers that he reads. He reads them a day early. So Mr. Harrigan's like, ooh, this is some dope shit. I, I, I'm into this shit. But eventually, he, he asked a compelling and bizarre question. If I'm reading all this, and if I'm uh, observing all these details for free, there's no advertisement. There's nothing in these sites. Of course, eventually, there will be advertisement. In our current system, every bloody site has an advertisement. It's fucking annoying. You got to put a ad blocker to survive these pop-ups and these pop-ins it's just bizarrely world but back in 2000s early 2000 you had it good there were no ads you were living the life my brother but nowadays if you want something without ads you pay for subscription so and i'm basic he was right but he was right that the phones would take over people's common sense and basically he predicted the future in that very moment now, I don't know when the book was written by Stephen Fry. So if, if it was written around that time, then Stephen King, not Stephen Fry, I don't know why I said Stephen Fry, then Stephen King is a fucking prophet for some sort. But if it's written after these phones were out, not on the same premises, the same era, you know, like, oh, I'll give you an example. If the book is written in 2008, wow, that's pretty dope, Mr. Stephen King. But if it's written in the early 2010, that's still pretty dope, Mr. Stephen King. But the the online traffic highway hadn't consumed everyone like it has now. Like 2010 to now, 10 years later, if you're not on the internet, if you're not, don't have social media, if you don't have a smartphone, you are in the Stone Age. You are a nobody. 
everybody's on these digital highway lines. Everybody's talking about the phone. Everybody's doing that. So you have to be on these things to be anyone for that matter. So in that brief moment, Mr. Harrigan predicted the future in such a profound way. I felt goosebumps. It was incredible. Anyway, he's in love with the smartphone. He uses it and stuff like that to a point where this kid, Greg, is reading him books and he's not even paying attention. He's fiddling with the mobile phone. Fiddling, pressing and pressing and dicing and sliding and scrolling and swiping. He's doing all that while Greg is reading book. And Greg sees this dude ain't even paying attention. And he's like, I'm sorry, I ain't paying attention. And again, Stephen King with this amazing foresight. Now, I don't know if Stephen King was amazing foresight did that. I don't know if I know the, the, the screenplay is written by John Lee Hancock. Hancock? Yeah. John Lee Hancock writes the screenplay and, of course, directs it. Of course, with the help of Stephen Fry and all that. We know that. But I'm just saying, them two dudes, every scene, everything was well put together. It, it almost seemed as if it wasn't some sort of movie meant to excite you. It was just there. It's not glitz and glamour but it's amazingly well written it's incredible and, and, and i don't know who to say stephen king is the genius or john lee hancock is the genius for directing this masterpiece that stephen king wrote so i do not know about that anyway long story short i don't want to spoil the whole thing but i pretty much already did and i pretty i'm gonna write a pretty well detailed description so I pretty much spoiled it anyway. So let me just finish spoiling it. Anyway, Mr. Harrigan ends up dying. And uh, when he dies at his funeral, one of his Mr. Harrigan's lawyers uh, pulls up to Greg and like, yo, uh, gives him a letter and like, yo, uh, Harrigan left you this heap amount of money, man. He put you on a trust. He left you like 800K, fam. 800K for you to focus on your future, become a writer and do what you got to do. So my man gets home and he's excited. He... I forgot an important scene that during Mr. Harrigan's funeral, uh, when open casket, when everybody's just passing, looking at Mr. Harrigan, and there's even a remark that he looks way youthful because of the makeup and stuff that they put on the dead corpses and stuff like that. It's basically normal. In every country where there's an open casket, they usually do that. Now, uh, my man puts Mr. Harrigan's iPhone in his pocket, in his suit, while he's in a coffin. The phone is still on. You know, at first sight, when I saw this, I thought the guy who came in behind him, like the grave digger of some sort guy, the undertaker, I don't know what he was, he was going to steal the phone and play an enormous prank on Greg. But there was a moment where Craig is like at the Mr. Harrigan's funeral and he calls him and he hears the phone under the ground ringing. He's like, how the hell is this old man texting me? Damn, there's even a revelation where he's like, when I die, I want my pockets empty, <laughs> which was pretty sick. Anyway, so he goes home, back to us. He goes home and he calls him Starrigan. You know, he calls him. This is before the putting the ear on the grave. That's the cover I'm going to use for the podcast. So it's going to be, you know, him putting in his ear on the grave, something like that. Anyway, cool. Um, so what I'm trying to say is he calls him, leaves him a voice message. And he says, uh, thanks for the money, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the next day, Mr. Harrigan his phone says him, sends him some CC codes type of shit. And he's like, what the hell's going on? That's where the scene where he goes to the grave and puts his ear and calls him and tells his dad, hey, dad, I think this guy's alive. I, we got to go dig him out and stuff. 
And he's like, no, bro. Don't you think if it was a lie, he would have said, hey, I'm in a dark place. Get me out of this shit instead of sending CC. I'm just saying. And, of course, he's like, this dude died alone. So they did an autopsy. So they cut him open. He had he died of a heart attack, something like that. So they cut him open to find out what was wrong with him. So there's no way he alive. Okay. So Craig's like, shit, if that's the case, damn, that's not cool. Anyway, Craig moves on with his life. Gets to his date, like I said, with the phone, weirdly, with the girl two feet away from him. Just crazy. And overall, in the end, uh, this kid, Kenny, beats the crap out of Greg. And Greg cries to his phone. And somehow this kid dies the next day because uh, Craig told Mr. Harrigan that he wants something. So it's like Mr. Harrigan is helping Greg from beyond the grave. Whenever there's a problem, there's several incidents of this. There's a scene where this kid, drunk kid, crashes into uh Craig's old science teacher and she dies and, and Craig does a phone call and this kid dies by eating a bar of soap. So I'm not gonna spoil literally everything. I'm gonna leave it, I'm gonna leave it there. Yes, that's that's the that's it. I'm not saying anymore. So long story short. This is an old dude getting a young man to read for him every week, changing his life, basically making him a part of his family in some sort of way. And they found a bond that's beyond the grave. The friendship so great, so profound, that even death cannot hinder its foundness for each other. That is true friendship. Friendship I doubt I will ever come across. Anyway, Mr. Stephen Fry. Mr. Steve. I don't know why I keep saying Stephen Fry. I know he's one of my favorite authors, Stephen Fry. But we're talking about Stephen King here. Mr. Stephen King. Great book. Never read it. Don't know about it. This was the first time I discovered it. I'm going to have to go look for it. But if it's written this way, word for word, brilliant stuff. Mr. Uh, John Lee Hancock. Great stuff. Great screenplay. Great directing. Incredible. Great stuff. And the actors, you guys did a fantastic job. Fantastic job, really. The acting of you guys was quite... uh uh exhilarating truly incredible uh donald uh sutherland if i'm reading that name right um uh, uh jaden martell uh, kirby kirby howell baptiste and joe Chippet, and cyrus arnold carl uh johan and yeah pretty much and of course the iphone stars makes a special appearance <laughs> pretty much is the star of the oh so the iphone is the star of the film in a way i know it comes in later on but without it there is no mr harrigan's phone there is nothing so the iphone is the devil in a way <laughs> this is a this is a horrible advertisement for an iphone it's a great one but horrible that if you own an iPhone, you can talk to people from beyond the grave. No wonder people are crazy over iPhones. Jesus. All right. Uh, thanks, folks. Anyway, one thing that would shock me, Mrs. Hart or Miss Hart. Uh, he, I don't know, she and my man Craig had some sort of weird sexual tension I always saw when they were next to each other. There's this scene after he gets beat up by Kenny where she's 
what cleaning his wounds and there's this moment 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 in a second where i thought damn they're about to kiss i don't know if everyone watched the movie saw this but there was that moment where it almost seems like there was some sexual tension between them i don't know if it's a friendly vibe but their faces were so close and Craig was just thanking her and she felt shy in a way and he felt shy. In a... While I was watching that scene, I was waiting for the lips to touch. I was really waiting for it. And a part of me was disappointed when it didn't happen. But a part of me also was relieved that it didn't happen. And the question is, a beautiful lady like Miss Hart, would I have been, would have been a problem for me if a woman that gorgeous kissed me? I don't know if she's older than me. No, it wouldn't. No, it's weird for men that men get molested all the time, get taken advantage of all the time by beautiful women. It never sees the light of day because most of us actually want it. Now, I'm not saying women that or that get cases of defilement. Some of them actually do want. Oh, okay, I'm going political. It has nothing to do with the film. It's just an observation, so I apologize. I'm going to move on. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying Mrs. Hart or Miss Hart. And my my man Greg, Craig, not Greg, Craig, had some type of sexual vibe, sexual attention. In fact, he had more sexual vibe than his closest female co-stars or his closest female friend. That lady that he talked to that, that, that over the iPhone that sat next to him on the cool table. And, and that young lady that was friends with him that had an enormous crush on him that he didn't feel the same way. None of them had a sexual tension. None of them had that vibe even when he was dancing with that girl i didn't see the vibe i saw when mrs hart or miss hart and craig got close together maybe they do have some sort of chemistry personally besides acting but that was frighteningly weirdly close anyway um thanks again i, I i'm saying goodbye i just thought about that heart thing in the last second so i apologize if i, I should have put it away in but if you're watching the film or you're gonna watch the film you're gonna see all these things that i'm talking about and you're gonna realize this is truly a masterpiece anyway um thanks and let's hang out another time of course there's so many things to talk about this movie like the part how his father craig's father copes with the loss of his mother i mean the loss of his wife and the mother of his child and they how they wing it and in the final moments where he leaves for college you could see the tears in his eyes when he sees his son driving away and somehow even his son sees his mother somehow miraculously standing next to his father and in that moment in my mind I thought I would see Mr. Harrison somehow close by. So this way, this film was really good. So many great elements, so many plot twists that I didn't expect. So many things I thought that would happen never happened. So I was at the edge of my seat the whole darn time. First time when Mr. Greg, uh, I mean, Mr. Harrison took taking Greg. I thought he was going to molest them or something. There was this time where he, there was a closet that was closed and, Greg was like, what's in this closet? And he was like, secrets. You know, when he eventually opened the closet, I thought I was going to find some weird, creepy shit. It was just pictures of his family. Which meant Mr. Harrigan was a lonely old dude. And Craig was a lonely old little young man. So him going every day there, it was something that he had to look forward to. A friend that would listen to him talk after school. So this bond was formed out of loneliness and that's why it was it exceeded the grave in a way. 
And that, that's why it's true friendship. Two friends that were lonely and needed each other for, for, to keep themselves company. Not because they couldn't read or they needed one to read for them. Or they had to read for another one to get $5. No. Eventually that's how the premise is started. But in the end, it's really not about the money. It's about the spending time together. That really makes odd for a young man and an older man to become friends in such a profound way. I don't think even if this um, book had a sequel of some sort. It's a short story from uh, my man Stephen King's uh, collection of uh, If It Bleeds Right. If It Bleeds Right. Even if they had a sequel of some sort. I do not think he would ever find such a friendship. The same way he had this bond with Mrs. Hart that he left college. Come back to bury her. And even call a friend from the grave to help seek justice. Because he felt some type of way about Miss Hart. In a way, in my mind, he loved her. In my mind, he loved Harrigan. So he loved these two people. Basically, this kid probably loved three people. And the weirdest part is he had been at Mr. Harrigan's grave more times than he had ever been at his own mother's grave. When he was young, he was afraid to go there. He couldn't, he did, couldn't go because he felt like if he went to her grave, he would agree or acknowledge that she's dead. So he never went there. He went there as a man. Wow. That is profound. That is incredible by these actors and these directors and these writers. Stephen King, you genius of a man. You incredible specimen of literature. You are the father, the godfather. Of literature. I know it's, you're gonna say, what about Shakespeare? Modern day literature. Stephen King is a godfather. He's a marvel. He's the keystone. He's the thing to look at and be like, wow, I wanna be like him. That's how great this guy is. That is really amazing. Anyway, uh, thank you. This went too far along. The, I, I said goodbye on numerous occasions, but it's never come because I enjoyed this movie so much that ideas keep coming in. I'm even off script now. What I planned on doing without spoiling, without ruining, I've went beyond. So, if I enjoy this movie this much, who knows how much you will enjoy it. Now that was entertaining. You just listened to an episode of the Let's Netflix and Show podcast with Reese Jansen. With that being said, remember to support the podcast on Patreon. And let's hang out another time. Adios, folks. Adios.